from my office. And my garage. This is Residual Culture. Oh, media mixtape. We are not in the studio today, Ben. Uh, we, we are not. We are not even together today. It's amazing. This is the first, uh, uh, you know, across oceans, or at least a couple blocks. <laughs> Yikes. The the wonders of modern technology, Joey. Yeah. We don't even have to be together to record a, po- a high-quality podcast such as this. Exactly. Yeah, no. So yeah. Uh, we are we uh, we're at home and we're recording because uh, you know it's the first it's the it's the day before school starts, uh, so UNR is a buzzin' and so Ben and I we both have good recording equipment at home and so we decided to uh, record via the internet and uh, yeah but it, I mean you'll it'll basically sound the same to you guys hopefully. Yeah, absolutely. And we should uh, update the listeners just a, a little bit and just say we're sorry we've been away for a while. It's been a really hectic, busy summer, but all good things. Uh, I was away for about uh, three weeks. My sister got married, so congrats to Anne and Jake for on their new uh, their new uh, union. Congratulations. Um, yes. <laughs> and Joey, you were traveling for basically all of July, and that really just kind of set us back. But yeah. we are back, and uh, yeah. Yeah, gonna keep it rolling. We're back and we're ready to keep rolling. Yeah, so we're sorry we were gone for a couple weeks, but anyway, today is an emergent culture episode. Uh, we're trying to remember every other episode is an emergent culture, um, but this one is on a merger, another merger that we uh, have. We've talked about a couple mergers in the past, but this is a different kind of merger, not movies, um, but newspapers. That's right. Yeah, we've talked about mergers in the past. Obviously, this is something that I study and I kind of look at structure of media, media industries, et cetera, et cetera. But there was a uh, kind of a slew of, of news that happened over the last you know, month or so. Uh, so what we're going to talk about today is we're talking about the announced merger between Gatehouse and Gannett. Yes. So t- two of the largest newspaper chains in the U.S. are now joining together, and this will create a mega company basically it's it's going to dwarf all other uh newspaper companies in terms of its scope and its size yeah and i mean just for like again all 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 for clarity i work for a small paper here in Nevada. i guess we're, we're not we're small in te- ter- terms of uh terms of how big our team is but we're a mighty paper but the nevada independent we're not re- like owned by them or anything but i feel like kind of weird like commenting on this stuff because i do work for like a media organization that i guess we technically compete with them um, so yeah, so I'm going to let you kind of take the reins on this one. I'll ask some questions and stuff, but yeah, just for, just to be above board. Yeah, absolutely. And that's totally fine. And I think it's very forthcoming of you to mention that. That being said, I think it's, it's also useful, you know, if you feel like chiming in and just talking about kind of the general structure of the industry within you, which you work. Yeah, no, it, it is it, interesting. Yeah. Keep it there. Um, so anyways, as as in all of our emergent culture segments, uh, we try and base it on a, a specific article. So we'll plug here. This one appears in the Washington Post uh, in the business section. Uh, this is um, it's it's the title is or that the headline is America's two largest newspaper chains are joining forces. Will it save either? And so the authors here are Jonathan O'Connell and Rachel Siegel. This was published August 5th. So about a uh, 13 days ago or something <laughs> from the time we're recording. Yeah. Um, um, I, but anyways, I, oh, I was just going to oh, say, yeah, go like, I guess right off the bat, you know, like when these mergers happen, a lot of times, especially when it happened a while back, a couple years ago, you saw a lot of layoffs and in, in papers and stuff and a lot of restructuring. And I'm, I'm sure we'll probably see that again with with this. And it's going to change a lot the landscape for a lot of local newspapers. Absolutely. And so uh, we can talk a little bit about the journalism crisis kind of in the in the context um, that this is taking place in. But let me just give you um 
kind of a uh, give the listeners a little bit of a an idea of what this merger means. So this is just from the second uh, paragraph here. It just says the one point four billion dollar purchase of McLean based. Uh, Gannett by Gatehouse Media, based in Pittsburgh, New York, will create a conglomerate that will own more than 250 daily newspapers and hundreds of weekly and other community papers. The new company will retain the Gannett name and will have publications in 47 states, reaching more than 145 million unique visitors each month. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing, right? Like, especially when you, even you look at um, a lot of local television networks, like news networks, are also owned by only a couple companies. Yeah, there have also been moves there. Um, in fact, did we talk about one of those in our previous episode? I don't know if we did, but we've certainly discussed it um, in my classes as well as just in general conversation. So we can kind of like sidebar that for the moment and kind of talk about what this means and why this stuff is happening. Yeah, so what what does it mean and why is it happening, Ben? <laughs> uh, that's a great question, Joey. I'm so glad you, you yeah. gave me that one. Yeah, no problem. So, you know, listeners may have heard, of course, that journalism is facing a crisis or that the journalism industry is in crisis. And, and a lot of times this is being explained by uh, the transition to digital news, right? So the digitization of news has now... Um, sort of decreased the the cost of news not not in its production but like people aren't willing to pay for news and yeah. so that that has had an effect on local newsrooms around the country they've had to start cutting staff and try to figure out how to remain profitable in this new digital atmosphere yeah. okay well and then there's different models too right and this is something that I've seen a lot of especially working like formerly working with KUNR and NPR affiliate is like you've got the NPR model where the and PBS model where the public the, the public media model I guess where where you you have uh, like donation drives and fund drives but then you're also you know kind of supported by the larger company as as a whole and everything like that and then we've got where I work now is a nonprofit um, and so we you know donation based and then you you see something like the Reno Gazette Journal the RGJ and they're based off of uh, both subscriptions and uh, ad revenue from um, their site Yes, absolutely. And I was just thinking uh, as we were going through this, I was thinking back to even my time in college. And when I first started learning about the broader kind of um, ownership structures of media, I started looking up at my local papers. So, for example, when I was in school in Green Bay, Wisconsin, Green Bay at that point, we're talking like early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Green Bay was one of, at that time, only seven cities left in the United States that had competing newspapers. Wow. So, um, wow. yeah, there were only seven at that point. And while I was there, one of them uh, uh, went under or they, they ceased publication. And then it just became a single newspaper town. And so for the listeners, if you think about what are the newspapers that are in your town, I'm not talking about the kind of alternative weeklies that may have coverage of uh, events and culture that go on, but just like What's the organization that is reporting the news? Like, what is the newspaper in your town? And if you think about that, you can also then try to do a quick Google search or something to try and figure out who owns that paper. Because what happened in the the Green Bay case was that in the end, Gannett, one of the companies who is implicated in this merger, then was the only company operating within like, I forget the mileage of radius or whatever. Like you, it was one single company. Im- implicated in the merger, like they like they did a crime or something. 
Allegedly. Yeah. Allegedly. No, These I'm kidding. Are, no, this yeah. is actually a factual. This yes, is a it's fact. not allegedly. <laughs> it, yes, this is happening. Uh, yeah, so involved, not implicated. I guess that's right. <laughs> so like, there is this, okay, there's this move to digital media that we've seen. Obviously, I think a lot of our listeners probably get a lot of their news from either social media or going online. I'm, I'm guessing most people don't get regular newspapers delivered to their house. I'm sure some of you do, but, um, you know, it's not as common as you see anymore. And so the money that you get from delivering a physical newspaper to people's houses, the money that you get from selling advertisements on those is much less than the advertisements you get that you put on your website. And I think that even that is just, it's not generating the revenue to hold these papers up that it used to. And so a lot of times they're looking for bigger and bigger companies to, to kind of be the backbone when, when maybe profits are down. At least that's kind of the general idea that I have. Right. Well, we should specify too. So more and more um, advertisers want to be advertising in digital outlets or wherever the digital stuff appears, right? But the problem for news organizations is that those digital ads pay less than uh, old sort of print ads, right? So the, the rates being charged for the print advertisements are more than they would be than what you get for impressions on your digital site or whatever. Mm -hmm. well, um, and it's also, and so, it's interesting because you know, like if I go on to a website, like uh, if I go on to the New York Times and there's, um, or who has ads on their website, uh, if I go on to like USA Today and check their website, and I'll get ads. Uh, we should also, that's, we should also say USA Today is the flagship, one of the flagship uh, 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 newspapers of Gannett yes, as well. Yeah. Um, but if I go on to USA Today and check their site and I have, and I get ads, I'll have targeted ads towards me. They'll be at, at advertising, you know, like superhero movies and comic books and video games and stuff like that. If my mom goes on there, she's going to get ads for, you know, flower shops and better homes and gardens and stuff like that. And, and right. so digital advertising is interesting because not everyone is going to be see seeing the same ads for the, on the same article even. And I think those targeted ads are... It's crazy because advertisements and newspapers, you look, you think back on those and, you know, the targeted ads were just this, uh, the general population of this area. But now it's, it's way more specific. You know, you can look at a, you know, a 24 year old in Reno, Nevada that listens to podcasts and plays video games and likes movies. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Um, and so that, that model of advertising also, by the way, so that's one loss of uh, area, lost area of revenue for kind of the 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 newspapers yeah the other one that went away would be uh classified advertisements mm -hmm. so you think about the rise of like craigslist right very few people like the classified section used to be this huge section and it was reliable income for the newspapers where they were publishing um real estate announcements or uh pets for sale or services or whatever else that's in there but excuse me all of that has now shifted onto platforms like uh craigslist yeah and it's, so, so it's crazy because like, I, I just, sorry, tangent tangentially, like the newspaper before the internet was kind of that public square, that area that people could go to and, 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 and it wasn't just the news, right? You could, again, the classified advertisements, the opinion sections. I mean, we still have opinion sections in newspapers, but I think it was much more, you know, you'd get people writing into the paper and they'd publish their stuff. Yeah, beyond just letters to the editor, right? Yeah. And you would have d debates that would occur. And this still occurs, you know, obviously in the large kind of uh, flagship papers like New York Times and Washington Post, mm -hmm. Wall Street Journal, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but, but, and here's where the other, you know, you asked earlier about the implications. So what that crisis of journalism has done is it's really affected uh, 
like local and mid-sized papers um, because they they those type of papers may have been servicing say a medium-sized city or at least a region but mm-hmm. now they can't afford to keep paying their reporters to go out you know so uh, so uh, so far or something to get stories that's going to cover that entire area so that those are the papers that initially started laying off uh, workers and that just has kind of been exacerbated not only by the the financial crisis that hit in 2007 2008 and a lot of the financial fortunes of those companies were um, were affected um, yeah but this merger is directly aimed at trying to um, sort of take advantage of an economy of scale, right? Where you just have so many papers that you're earning little bits of uh, profit from each paper. And then that all that can be funneled up to a profitable business. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what I meant when I talked about like, you know, having that bigger, that bigger backbone to rely on for, for big companies, you know, you right. have all these small right. companies that, that feed into one larger one. Right. And so then the question is Joey, like whether or not number one, whether or not this is going to work, whether this company ultimately will be profitable, but then even more than that, beyond just the economics, like what does this mean for democracy, right? Because journalism, after all, is one of these hallmarks, you know, after all, it's referred to as the fourth estate, right? You've got your three branches of government and then the media or the news media or journalism, which is supposed to play a watchdog role on those other three branches of government. What does this mean when we're losing kind of local, uh, local papers? There's all this consolidation that's happening. Is this healthy for democracy that's one of the questions well yeah and i I think also you know having that one paper they will if if you saw that that popular youtube clip that was going on going around maybe six or seven months ago where every um i believe it was local fox news station was running the same the same like national story that you know had a particular spin to it and are you going to see you know anything like that with with this newspaper merger are you going to see um, like that larger company sending them content that they want them to run. And all of a sudden, tons of papers are all running a very similar story that may have a particular spin one way or another. Right. And that wasn't Fox. That was Sinclair broadcasting. Sinclair. Yeah, 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 Sinclair. So what they had is they had these like must runs or whatever. They were scripted, kind of prepackaged or uh, things that had to be aired by their affiliate stations in all the markets. And so you're right. They, they put up all these comparisons of like, it was just literally the same thing over and over again. It's just a way to meet, to reach a, a larger, larger portion of the population with a sim with a single message, right? I mean, that is the definition of sort of propagandizing, right? Like you're like, this is what you shall be thinking about, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so back to our friends, uh, good good friend of the podcast, they live the movie. Ah, yes, <laughs> with Rowdy Roddy with, Piper. Uh, that's right. Yes, we were. I was talking so, with us with some friends about some uh, some famous wrestlers, and Rowdy Roddy Piper was obviously one of them. But anyway, go back of to course. The, yes, they live. <laughs> yeah. So, anyways, the the point is, when a single company has such a large reach like that, it does open the possibility for a concerted effort of information distribution, right? Whatever you want to call that. I'm trying to be uh, sort of politically correct about it, but it's that. And then it also, I think, one of the other concerns is that it it may limit um the the range of perspectives that is that is presented in those papers right mm-hmm. or there may be they may be trying to run some more efficiencies by running the same story over and over again like similar to just like a you know associated press kind of story that shows up in all uh member organizations around the country or whatever um so just kind of you lose some of that that um 
a little dissent, a little bit of uh, different viewpoints potentially. Yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see kind of, you know, what it looks like and if, you know, what what, what happens. It, it, has it gone through already? It, the merger has happened, but it hasn't, like, taken effect yet? It said that they, they well, let's see. Uh, I, I This is the other thing about being on vacation is you just kind of fall behind <laughs> <laughs> on what, where we are in these things. Sure, this was sure. announced, and so I think it's happening. And they're talking about the financing here and, and what it's going to have. Um, but I don't see – sorry, I'm just doing a quick scroll. I don't You're see good. something here with – which says where it says exactly when it's going to take place. Yeah. So yeah, we'll keep your eyes out uh, for for kind of if you see your local paper start to change or if if and see you know see who owns them. It's always good to yeah, know. Yeah, and and you should just look up to see who owns your paper, right? See if your local paper is implicated. I'm sorry, not implicated, involved in this <laughs> uh, in this interview. Yeah. Oh wait, interview merger. That's where I wanted to. That's what I wanted to say. Ben, you're uh, when we're not in the studio, you gotta you gotta keep on top of it, buddy. <laughs> I do. I'm being distracted because this for the first time, not in the studio, but my wife is now watering plants right outside the door. <laughs> it's, it's the first time I was like, what's going on over there? Oh, she's watering. And I got a little distracted. I'm yeah. going to have to watch out for that in future episodes. Yeah. Well, yeah. Well, again, we'll, we, this won't be, uh, you know, it'll probably happen more, but, you know, we're, we'll still use the studio when we when we have the access to it. So definitely it's hot in this garage. Yeah, man, it's hot in my room, too. <laughs> but um, all right, cool. Well, this has been uh, this has been a uh, emergent culture. It was residual culture and emergent culture uh, episode. But uh, that's right. The, the, the music today was Finder by People with Bodies. You can yep, and on. you can support the podcast by uh, supporting us on Patreon, getting access to all sorts of bonus content. Right. You can also follow us, like us uh, wherever you get your podcasts, as well as uh, on our Facebook, our Twitter. You can follow our Twitter page. Uh, et cetera, et cetera. The Facebook page continues to be the, the most active, just in case you're wondering, but uh, you can find us on virtually all the platforms as well. Yeah. Well, uh, I've been Joey Lovato. And I'm Ben Birkenbein. Get into it. Into it. <laughs> <laughs>